you're going to see the interview everyone is going to be talking about. Wagon wheel, what to see? What do I think of her? Yes. I don't think of her. Then we become divas as opposed to just strong women. Oh, coughing during my interview, really? It feels uh, reductive. Right there. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Big Diva Energy, the podcast for and about fabulous people being fucking excellent. I'm Holly Morgan and my husband Tom is also here. Oops, we're doing it again. And babies, we're back. We're doing part deux of our deep dive into the early life of Miss Brittany Jean Spears with none other than my favourite comedian, Tim Murray. Oh! Intoxicate me now. I think I'm ready now. Oh, Let's such a pro. Let's, Let's dive do it. in. Uh, I mean, do you know, this is probably... A, she's having a moment, right? Because of because of the, the, the film. A real moment. Everyone... Yeah, we're always having a Britney moment, but the world is currently having a Britney moment. They're sharing it with us. Exactly. And there's confirmation bias and whatever, but it just seems like, you know, we're recording our second ep and we've got two major bits of, of Brit-focused activity. We Shifts have, in the Britney-verse. Yeah. So let's, I mean, let's do the one we know the least about, which is that Britney's going to appear in court in June to talk about, to... to present to present what do they call that <laughs> to be a witness yeah. a witness in her own conservatorship i don't know i don't know the vocabulary for it that sounds right <laughs> that sounds right she's gonna do a monologue so tim you're a lawyer could you explain yeah. to us <laughs> yes as a lawyer i will say my extensive knowledge of lawyering comes from the musical legally blonde and yeah based on what i know i think there's gonna be something about a perm and that's all i got yeah yeah no that's 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 accurate yeah <laughs> So she, yeah, she'll do it. She'll do a feature presentation. I'm excited. I, like, this seems to be feature presentation. For her to actually come herself, like this is going to be such a moment. Yeah, it's really, it's really huge. It's going to be really big. And I love that you said in the Brit verse, and you have an uh, American verse here with me, not just a Brit verse. Thank you so much. I've been Tim Murray. Yes! I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs> Where are my drinks tokens? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is a big, this is a big one. This is a big deal. Yeah, big stuff. And obviously, the second thing, which is. Arguably less important in the life of Britney Spears, but very important in our life, is the fact that they chose for the finale of season 13 of Drag Race to use Britney songs. Huge. Yay. However, we were, we were, we were, we were done dirty. We were less than impressed. Less than impressed. With, were you less than impressed with the song choices and the episode or one or the other? Altogether, I think both. I think mm. I felt like I love later Britney, don't get me wrong. And obviously we had some stuff from Blackout, which I'm always here for. I just felt like, why are we... I mean, it, it must have been a legal thing, right? They She right. switched labels and they can't use the early stuff. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's I don't know. That's very possible. That's very possible because I'm trying to think of the Drag Race universe. I don't think we... I'm not sure if we have ever had a, a, lips, a Britney lip sync from Baby One More Time or Oops, I Did It Again or yeah, even the Britney yeah. album. 
Or even, yeah, exactly. We've not had a toxic, have we? Or slave for you. Which is wild because like... Yeah. Okay, what would your three choices be? Oh my God. Okay. I think I'd want to showcase the range. I probably would have done... yes. I think Gimme More is a solid choice. Like, yeah. absolutely. I was fine with that. Yeah, I, I love to see a queen do Gimme More. It's brilliant. Toxic, <sighs> I think. Probably toxic, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I, I like Stronger. I'll go always go Stronger. Uh, yes. Okay, we did do Stronger already, I guess. They did Stronger in the season nine finale. Peppermint yes. versus Trinity. That's Yes, of course you're right. Yes. So we did have that one. But yeah, if we're just talking like dream... Britney lip syncs that's definitely that is definitely definitely really high up there yeah for chairography like it's, it's yeah. essential it, for uh, chairography <laughs> when I was a young gay boy like going to gay clubs for the first time I used to always scream when we walked in if they play stronger I'm getting a chair <laughs> <laughs> and they would and I would there's like so many pictures of me dancing on a chair it's just so not very obviously hurting myself Tom, what are, are, are yours the same as Holly's or do you have different ones? see I would love to see a, um, baby one more time yeah 100 100% and maybe, and maybe it would have selected just one from each era okay not that there are only three eras but just like a beginning middle and now that makes full sense to me as well. I would, I would definitely, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I would, I would have to have a baby one more time. To me, that's yeah. the, yeah. that's the yeah. one. Like obviously, that's the one that launched her, and it's an, a fabulous lip sync song. Some might argue uh. maybe a little too slow, but I don't think so. I think that song, when like imagine the reveals on "I Must Confess," like the bridge yes. later oh. when she like when the dancer in the music video like slides on his knees across the gym floor. Yes. Like, an insane reveal there. The storytelling that could happen with that song—it's just oh. the music video is iconic. It's such a bop of a number. So I think definitely be more time for me. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely toxic. That's like the the dancer's song, like. You know, like yeah. at Brooklyn Heights would uh, would tear it down on on oh. Toxic, and then I'm definitely gonna have to go. I mean, this this is gonna sound basic, but this is the truth. The last song should have been "Oops, I Did It Again." Oh like, yeah, that yeah. is the dancing in that again could be so fun and again campy storytelling. But I thought the old lady dropped it in the ocean in the years. Like, <laughs> keep all that in. And just let's have some fun. Or you go fully the other direction and it's just, dear diary. Just all dirges. Oh my God. From the bottom of my broken heart. Just do all ballads. Every time. Oh my God, that'd be incredible. <laughs> Someone should should do I'm Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman as well. Because it's like. Oh, okay, actually, actually. Actually, now let's hold on for a second. Oh, come on. Holly, I think you're actually, I know you're joking, but. I think you're onto something here. Ooh. I think we it really should have been I'm not a girl, not yeah. yet a woman. Perfect, right? Wait, that's a perfect drag song. It's I know it's slow, but it's like, come on, the lyrics? The, absolutely. The intensity. The intensity. All I need is time. I, I mean time at the bar. You could just like you could it it's perfect. There's so much you could play with. I would I if I were doing that number, I would dress up as like a teen girl with with like um a head brace on like oh i love this yeah yeah had like you know pigtails and i'd be like writing in my dream journal and then as it went on i would like 
pull off and reveal to like, and I would put makeup on as the song went on and get older. (gasps) (sighs) Oh my God. I would do Not a Girl, Not Yet Woman as Carrie. She gets her period at the end of the song, full meltdown, full destruction. Wait, that's genius, Holly. Oh my God. (laughs) Wait, that's so, that would be so lit. Also, I was just listening to another song. Oh my God. Oh my God. I have to tell you this a little bit, a little bit of a a, 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 sidetrack from Britney, but because, you know, I die for out for blood. I was on my run the other day and this Kim Petra song came on. There will be blood. Do you know her? No, I love Kim Petra. Oh my God. So she had like a whole genius, genius marketing team and also just a genius performer. She had a Halloween album a couple years ago. Ah! Which is genius because everybody does a Christmas album and like that's their thing. And her team and her clearly were like, let's do a Halloween album. Nobody has enough Halloween music other than like, you know, people listen to Thriller or whatever it is. Like let's have a whole album of Halloween. And I, I think... I can't remember the name of the album, but the the like breakout hit from the, the there's so many good songs on it. But it's a song. It's like there will be blood. Run for your life. You're gonna make it. Gonna make it through the night. And this oh. it's so eerie and creepy. And I was listening to it, and I was like, if I do drag again, I want to start off the number fully naked, back to the oh. audience. It with like a fake someone spraying me down like I'm in a shower, and turn around and I just have blood and then i want to do the story of carrie through that song like then margaret comes in and covers me and puts a dress on me and then and then the destruction happens at the end i can't believe you just said about i'm not a girl because that's literally what's been running through my mind oh my god we need to collaborate on this period themed drag show (laughs) carrie drag night also also you gotta listen to to that kim petrus album i'm telling you it is so good oh that is a i'm gonna do the minute like i I, her voice is so amazing unreal like your big one is heart to break isn't it you live tom is that not the best song when they i had never heard that song until they did it on drag race season 12 oh really oh i nearly lost my mind when they did it because it's like one of my maybe top five pop songs of all time i just listen to it constantly it's so Good. Uh, I made, I, I used to do the series where I did these drag characters that I would cut myself into the seasons of Drag Race in. It was like Drag Queens Cut for Time. <gasps> yeah. And I made Amazing. an entire video of myself lip syncing to that song with Nikki Doll and Heidi in Closet as the Tin Man. And the whole thing is like, I started rusting in the middle of it. And I edited myself. It took weeks to edit. And then when I finally. <laughs> went to upload it to YouTube, they were like, you don't have the rights to this Kim Petra song. No! No! (laughs) So, listener, it does exist. I had to then do my drag character reacting to my own lip sync. And that was, (laughs) I was able to put up because you're allowed to do reaction videos, but couldn't just put the actual, so, yeah, it was, it was really tragic. (laughs) That's the rule. You're allowed to do reaction videos, but you're not allowed to do... You, you, the... We're just dancing around to it, like, or any kind of... It has to be, I think, uh, a, s- a very small part of the screen. So it can't it can't cover the entire screen if you're, I think, like, oh my using God. the VH1 footage. Oh. And if it's the sound, you have to be speaking over it at least every, I think, 15 seconds or something like that. Oh, So essentially, yeah, you're not releasing it as, like, a... It's not out there as a sort of yeah. rights-free video, basically. Exactly. 
Ah. Ew. I know. Well, we, we've got a Dropbox, so... Yeah, yes, send so. it. Slip, on, <laughs> slip it into my Dropbox. We transfer is available <laughs> to all. <laughs> So last time we got together, we basically got to, we talked about the single, Baby One More Time. Baby, we're going to talk about the album now because, I mean, what it was released on January 12th, 1999. It went on to sell 25 million copies worldwide. I mean, let's just chat about it. Is that to date? Um, to date. I bet 25 it's, million. No, it's that seems probably small. more, probably than, more that. than that. Yeah, yeah it must God. be. But 25 million, like, damn, that is a lot of physical copies of a full album. Crazy. She's such a star. I can't even. <sighs> such Ugh. a star. Like, do you remember where you were when you bought the album? Like, oh, yes. What, what did the, yeah, where were you? Oh, yes. My parents drove me to the mall in Cleveland, which was like an hour away from my hometown in Ohio. And we all got to... Um, by one CD and I had seen the music video and I like knew that that was what I was going to get that day. I was so, so excited. I had my little discman that, you know, came with me in the car. And so when we got in the car, I was like, you guys listen to whatever you want to listen to. I popped it in right away, put those headphones on and I can, I can still like smell the, the like new smell of the the case of the album and like when you pull out the poster and it had a poster of her inside of it. Yes. When you pulled it out and she's looking so cute in that white tank top and the white chair. And it just was so, I mean, just so magical. What about you? Do you remember where you were when you, how you bought it? I got it in Woolworths, which is, um, it's like a kind of, it's, it's defunct now. We don't have it anymore. It's a bit like Target, I guess, kind yeah. of, kind of, or Walmart, kind of a cross between the two. And yeah, I mean, just because obviously Baby One More Time is one of the best songs of all time. Mm-hmm. You would, you pop that in and you're like, surely, surely this is, oh no. Oh my God. And it's just hit after hit after hit. The first half of that album is insane. No skips. Like. No skips. No skips. Yeah. I'm going to say no skips until you get to email my heart. <laughs> Which I'm going to email my heart apologist. I love that song, but I, oh, yeah. but I understand. But I, but I understand. Yeah. Where do you sound on Soda Pop? Uh, again, no skips, but it's definitely, I mean, is it a good song? Absolutely not. Is it, <laughs> is it a really fun, weird, like perfect for the brand song on that album? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. The only one I honestly don't really get down with is The Beat Goes On. I never liked that song. <gasps> the Share cover. Yeah, I don't uh, I I came to my Share fandom late in life, so I didn't know the song initially and I was kind of like, what is it? Oh. It felt to me like an old 70s song and I was like, I don't want this. I want, you know, Britney. Britney. What's yeah. the song that everybody <laughs> says is like the one? Like the one that should have been a single that wasn't Born to Make You Happy. Oh, oh. Happy. that oh, wasn't a single, wasn't it? I think. Oh, maybe it was in the UK and Europe. Yeah, we had it as a single oh. late on. So we had. We understand music, correct? <laughs> oh, big claims. <laughs> correct. Uh, we had sometimes as the second single. Was it the same for you guys? Same for us, and then Drive Me Crazy was the third. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Drive Me Crazy remix. Thank you so much. <laughs> Feet Melissa Joan Hart uh, in the video. Iconic. Love, love, love. 
Like, that was an interesting choice, wasn't it? To, to follow up with sometimes. You'd have thought they'd have gone with You Drive Me Crazy. Like, bop, bop, bop. One would think, but Drive Me Crazy was the song for the, they were thinking Moneybags, song for the movie Drive Me Crazy, starring Melissa Joan Hart and Adrian Gruyere Cheese or whatever his name is. (laughs) Yeah, Gruyere Cheese. Down the block from me, was he in a Pilates (gasps) class I was in uh, before the pandemic? Yes, he sure was. Did I stare at him the whole time? I absolutely did. He's very thin. Is he? Very thin. Very frail looking, I would say. Frail? He looks frail. <laughs> it's not what you want in the gym. <laughs> if someone's staring at you in the gym and thinking, look how frail he is. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just gazing at you because you're so frail. <laughs> yeah, he didn't look well. He didn't look well. But um, I think it, because it was paired with that movie, they had to wait for the movie to come out. Oh, right. Oh. And her team was like very good about like the opposite of Christina Aguilera. Like they were like, we're, hit, we're churning these videos and hits out we're not waiting so they were like let's move on to sometimes and put that one out as the, as the next one and then i think right they probably they must have had a deal with the, the film studio or something that that song would go with that um movie so they had to wait for it but yeah drive me crazy remix is infinitely a better song than sometimes yeah yeah definitely it's yeah. better but also like it potentially showed her range like a little bit more like they release True. she comes in in a with a bang yeah, and then they like slow it down a little bit. But I think in make it, it a little bit more ballad. It digs deep into the like cu- like cutesy though, isn't it? It's like it's it's yeah. emphatically like little girly, and it's not. Yeah, it it's at odds with the Rolling Stone cover, which came out pr- like pretty soon after the album, right? So the it's April nineteen ninety nine is the infamous Rolling Stone cover, like the whirlwind of that. Of, of what we were being presented with this icon. Like, she is the girl next door. She's also a sexual woman, but she's also only... Se- I mean, crazy. Iconic. She's also clutching a Teletubby, which it has to be noted, is not any old Teletubby. It's Tinky Winky, who is a gay icon. Yes, gay icon Tinky Winky. Very true. That I mean, so much leads into, like, her gay fandom, and I think that was a big, big first... Boom. Tinky Winky or Britney? To both. Yeah, both. <laughs> I mean, I used to stare at that cover for hours. It's just like the most beautiful photograph of anyone ever taken. Yeah. Yes. And it's scandalous and sexy and fun. There's like so much happening in that one picture. It's wild. It's, it is absolutely wild. And like, I mean, some of it sure doesn't stand up. What happened inside the article. So they were talking about her uh, honeyed thighs. Um, which is yeah, inappropriate. And then she's quoting it. Yeah, I know, right? She her quote all I did was tie up my shirt. She's talking about the um the video, the hit me baby one more time video. I'm wearing a sports bar under it. Sure, I'm wearing thigh highs, but kids wear those. It's the style. So she's kind of talking to them about the way that she's being sexualized in the media while they're sexualizing her in the media and saying, I don't get it. Like it's I'm just I'm dancing. Obviously, I'm wearing thigh high socks, and yet they still ran with with that coverage. Mm. It's so crazy. I tr- yeah, I truly wonder, I mean, she was very young and I wonder how much of her really had control at all. It, you know, like was she did she have the wherewithal to be like this is dumb, like I was just tying my shirt up. Yeah. And or was a lot of it like this is what you need to say because I mean, her family was so poor 
There was mm-hmm. so much pressure on her to like succeed and make that money and make the the correct publicity choice. It's all very yeah, wild. Right? Yeah. I don't it's hard to say because like 17 is young to have be yeah. having like interviewed by Rolling Stone, like one of the biggest magazines in the world. I'm sure she was like majorly prepped. Like this is yeah. this is your go-to thing to say, you know, and I just had Laura Bell Bundy on my podcast and Britney Spears understudied her yes. when she was 11 years old, which is like so crazy in this off-Broadway musical. And she told me this story on Slumber Party Pod that made me like, I, I could not believe it. She was like, they, her, Britney and her family were like very poor, very, very poor. Like, and we weren't making a lot of money doing this little off-Broadway show. So I remember Laura was like, one time my mom gave her mom money for a cab ride home because they were living together and like, you know, uh, further uptown and they were gonna take the train home like really late at night and my mom was like no just like please take this money like that's how poor they oh were gosh, like they, there was yeah. so much pressure so I imagine whether she was in control of that answer mm. or not there was at least some sort of pr- major pressure on her to say the right thing yeah you know yeah. what I mean absolutely yeah. god that's so interesting Gosh. Yeah. And important to remember as well, like any decision you make as a 17 year old when you're defending your family, like when you're supporting your family. Right. Yeah. And I feel like so many of us have been in a position where you're like, we have our morals, we have like the things we believe, the things we want to say. And then you have a boss, you know, somebody above you who's like, please do this. It changes things. You're like, "Uh, I'm supposed to fall in line, right? Like I'm supposed to say what? So I'm sure there was a lot of that of like, who knows how much of these interviews are really her real thoughts or Mm. there was, I'm sure a lot of powerful marketing people, people at drive records being like, say this or else, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's also something that I was thinking about that cover. It's like, cause it's the age of consent in the UK is 16. Um, and is it, is it, is it, it differs from state to state, presumably a lot. Correct. Yeah. So there's like kind of that transgressive thing about what what she can say yes to but like even though in this in this country i remember it being very conscious like it's fine she's legal like a lot of that was kind of the discourse around it Hmm. but i think especially with the second and the third album her not being 21 must have been really interesting in the states oh yeah because like drinking yeah yes she i mean it's strange. She like, they really pumped those albums out so fast and she stayed so young, I think in our minds for such a long time because of that. Yeah. yeah. Like that was always a thing. Like anything she did, she was scrutinized for because it was like, well, you're too young. You're too young to be doing that. You know, bury the song over protected. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and we'll get to it when we talk about Slave for You a lot, I'm sure. But like, yeah, that idea of she's i think the lyrics of the verse the slave viewers are basically like i'm outside the club i want to go in i can't go in (laughs) and it's that kind of stuff but it's also she's she's doing it in the you know she's performing it in the iconic like sweat drenched video so it's like so many interesting little juxtapositions to do with her the imaging around her sexuality totally totally yeah yeah But we've got ahead of ourselves. We haven't spoken about her first VMA's performance, which I know is very dear to your heart. Tim, take it away. 
my absolute favorite performance movie of all time in the <laughs> history of the world. Like, yes. <laughs> it's such a good remix of the song Baby One More Time. It bops so hard. It's so fun. Basically, it's her and NSYNC. NSYNC is hiding in these chairs and these desks with her backup dancers. And I do this song as an opening of my hour of stand-up <laughs> where they're like, uh, Britney, Britney Spears... <laughs> and she's like over here and the spotlight goes to one side of the stage over here spotlight goes to the other side of the stage no here and she enters from the center behind these lockers Ugh. it's so high school it's so fabulous she dances the house down and then when the number's over in sync pops up from where they've been hiding sitting in plain sight the whole time Hell. genius genius <laughs> Justin Timberlake claws himself up from Satan's abyss. <laughs> Truly, exactly. Better claim her one more time. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, but yeah, what a performance! And yeah, the just the dancing, the commitment. She's there's no there is no better pop star ever. And I'm a huge Madonna fan. That in that moment, in actually. The first three VMAs performances, actually, I'd say there is no better pop star. It can't, it can't be topped. I agree completely. I mean, Madonna can't dance like Britney can dance, number one. Madonna is not relatable like Britney is relatable. Madonna is incredible. Love her to death. But Britney has, because people compare them a lot, obviously, especially mm-hmm. I think people in the generation above us love to be like, Britney's no Madonna. Um, sorry, but Madonna didn't have that thing. Madonna had that thing that was like, you're on a pedestal. You're this kind of incredible sex symbol goddess like dominatrix vibes and britney had this thing where she was like oh i'm actually your literal next door neighbor i am so approachable and then could dance and move like that and just the way she could just turn over her shoulder look at the audience and smile and you feel like welcomed it was unparalleled unparalleled pop star if madonna was my next door neighbor i'd never leave the house (laughs) I'd be so frightened. I'd be so frightened. <laughs> I would never dare. So true. Can, quick tangent. My cousin is a teacher at a, a university in London. And she has Madonna's kid as her student. <gasps> what? Rocco. Oh, I oh, thought you meant like she's God. kept it. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's trapped tra- it. She, he's trapped. He's, she's got her kid. <laughs> oh, my God. Tell us everything. She said the one day she was teaching and the head of the school came in and said, can I talk to you for a second? She was like, yeah, sure. She was like, so obviously parent-teacher conferences have happened already uh-huh. and Madonna couldn't come in for them. So she's here now. <gasps> so she's going to, uh-huh, uh-huh. She's going to come in right after your class. One on one. do the parent-teacher conference with her now. Uh-huh. One on fucking one. Mano Madge. My cousin said, my cousin said she did it and it was great she was like she was she has a lot of knowledge about film because it was a film studies class yeah and she kind of really grilled me about some stuff um (gasps) and she essentially was just like yeah i want you to really push my kid let's you know let's let's do this so she said she was fucking really cool oh my god that's amazing isn't that crazy imagine if rocco ends up becoming a really good filmmaker because like that would be fun I don't care for his father's films, and we all know about Madonna's. But imagine. <laughs> Who's his dad again? Who's his dad? Guy Ritchie. Who? No offense. Who is that? <laughs> it's a, it's a, no, no offense. It's a good question. He used to be like in the 90s or the like 
late 90s, early 2000s, he came up as a kind of like British kind of gangster movie maker with the, they're always funny. They Despite were like, the fact that he is a lord. from And went to Eton. <laughs> but like, Girl. they would have like, they made celebrities out of like right. Vinnie Jones oh, and stuff. Okay, and okay. It, was, it was all set in the East End, but they're all very funny and very kind of, uh, he was sort of our answer to Tarantino in a way. Yeah. Everything's very like, like cut oh, really quickly and all that kind of stuff. there's lots of different like techniques and like tricks and stuff and then later in life he's sort of become an action film he did the Sherlock Holmes films Robert Downey Jr yeah he did those and he did oh. like King Arthur and stuff and the remake they did of The, um, the Man from Uncle he does like stuff like that he yeah. does big budget blockbusters now oh, okay okay I've literally yeah. never seen any of those movies <laughs> and there's no need for you to <laughs> No, but we've seen Madonna's, and and that's the tragedy, isn't it? When going on Madonna tangent, as always, but like she desperately wanted to be a film star. Didn't yeah, she? that's yeah. like there's a really good podcast called what's that? Brilliant essayist. Like, oh, you must remember this. Have you ever listened to that? Oh, amazing. No. Oh, it's really good. She does okay, like old Hollywood stories. They're brilliant. Oh, cool. And she did one about Madonna and her connection to like old Hollywood and that sort of yeah, the, the like flaming desire she had to be yeah a film star. Like Marilyn Monroe was her. I mean, obviously, you can tell from like yeah from the looks. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. So actually, it'd probably be really either really well for most people. It'd be really lovely if her kid became a film director. For Madonna, maybe she just might have to, furious. She <laughs> <laughs> treat her like Gaga. But you know, this isn't a tangent altogether because actually, Britney, being the pop star that she was, always yeah held in comparison with Madonna, and then evolving before our very eyes, like. On the minute. Yeah. The pop star of the future. Yeah, exactly. Because she comes of age in the new millennium as well. So it's like... Yeah, exactly. And Madonna even brings her and Christina out in a in a later VMA performance and kisses them. Yeah. Yes, she does. We had a really long... We'll probably get into this later down the line when we end up in that period. Yeah. But like, we had a really long conversation when we were walking the other day about why Madonna has got such toed with Gaga, but has refused to... But um, as, as like to with Gaga, but has welcomed Britney in and like sort of passed the mantle a little bit. Like she, yeah, she, that's really fascinating. Yeah, like she's got she's brought Britney in. She's always been supportive of Britney and Christina and yeah, yeah. Gaga. Yeah, yeah. Chosen not to make them enemies, but to make them mm-hmm. yeah, like almost like proteges. I remember her on TRL. Did you guys have TRL over there? We did, but it was yeah, we got it slightly later, and it was a bit shit. But yeah. Oh, okay, it was like. So 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 big here like every day after school you'd be like that was the big like that was the big britney universe here it was like we got to get home after school 330 trl's on and we got to watch it and vote for britney's video so it can get um it can beat the corn freak on a leash and get higher <laughs> up on the, on the on the charts and oh what a snapshot madonna, of a life <laughs> i mean truly madonna was on that show one time when britney and christina had maybe both been around for like a year at that point and oh. they asked her about it, and I think she was wearing um, a Britney Spears merch T-shirt, <gasps> and she said something like, "I'm so honored." And she it wasn't just Britney and Christina; it was like maybe also Jessica and Mandy Moore or something. She was kind of like in a sweeping sentence was saying, "I feel like in a huge way I paved the way for a lot of these young ladies, and it's really exciting to me that they are." having um a moment and i feel responsible and really proud and i thought that was so classy and cool yeah that is really classy that definitely plays into like the conclusion that we ended up coming to in the end which was kind of 
of or like a sort of one theory that we have, which is sort of like that Britney was always labeled the princess of pop. Mm. And for the queen of pop, the princess is fine. Yeah. Whereas Gaga has been sort of pitched as the queen of pop. So she is a rival. You're so right. You're so right. She really does threaten Madonna because I think, and, and again, I mean, it, it all plays, it all makes sense, right? Like Britney has always been the princess trapped in a tower, other people making these decisions for her. That has never been Stephanie Germanata, honey. She is, uh, mm-hmm, Gaga mm-hmm. is, you know, from a very young age was like, this is how it's going to go. Yeah. You know, she played into it, I'm sure, a bit with the marketing and everything, but pretty quickly was like, you know, I, I, I'm i an artist first. Yes. I'm yeah. not, yeah. you know, part of the machine. And, you know, the parallels between her and Madonna are pretty, they're pretty similar. Like there's a lot of yeah. edgy, different kind of artistry happening, both really wanting to be actresses, that whole thing. Yeah. East Coast, Italian. Italian American, yeah. yeah. Their music is more similar, I think, than... yeah. Britney or Christina's music is to Madonna's like definitely especially when Gaga's literally ripping her off yeah born this way yeah still still not forgiven (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so she came of age in the millennium as we said uh, making her the pop star for the future and by this stage she had been working professionally for a decade a decade that's that's ten years ridiculous she toured the first album relentlessly previewing material for the second album, Oops, I Did It Again, aka the one with all the talking bits in it. And the lead single of the same title was released in April, the year 2000. Uh, okay. So. Everything. The cat suit, right? The cat suit. What? What is more is there to say? I mean, it's. <laughs> So iconic. So iconic. That when that album was coming out, I can't even begin to tell you. I was so deep in it at that point. I would let the radio play from every radio we had in the house on different stations. And I would always make sure my parents played when we were in the car the station that I thought oops I did it again or my friends had said oops I did it again was on. Because you couldn't hear it. <laughs> Amazing. I hadn't heard it yet, but it had been released on the radio. Music video wasn't out, album wasn't out. And I would go, I remember going to a birthday party and my friend Brooke was like, I heard Oops, I Did It Again on the radio, Britney's new song. And it's so good. And I, seething with jealousy. <laughs> I just remember being like, what? I've been listening to the radio nonstop and I haven't heard it. And she was like, yeah, well, it was on. And then that kept happening. People kept being like, uh. yeah, it was on when it was on when I was listening to the radio. So I started, took a tape, a cassette tape and started recording the radio. <laughs> And then I was constantly listening. I never, ever caught it until I believe the first time I heard the song was um, making the band episode, or making the band. I'm sorry. Making the music video. What did they they call that? Um, Making of the... Yeah. Making the video? Was it? Making the video. Making the video. Yeah. When they did for Oops and they played just like a six second clip of it. And I just remember playing that over and over and over just that six second clip being like i'm hearing a little bit of what this song is and then begging my mom because making the video was on at 11 p.m begging my mom to let me set go to bed at 9 p.m set my alarm for 11 wake up for a half an hour to watch that and then go back to bed and she let me and it was just i mean i was just in heaven watching that heaven heaven that's amazing your mom in that story is the only person that wasn't directly attacking you yes Every single other person, from Brooke to MTV... Yeah, was spiting you. You were being trolled. You were being trolled. They were really trolling me. And then my mom, again being a hero, 
told my school that I had a dentist appointment, pulled me out of school to take me to the mall to Sam Goody to get Oops, I Did It Again when it came out at noon. Oh. And she famously took you to see your first Britney concert as well. Or your first sure concert, I think it was, wasn't it? My first concert. Maybe one more time. And she took me to Oops, I Did It Again concert. Oh, great mom. Incred. Incred. We love. Oh, I love I know it. she can't listen to it, but you should get your mom on your, on your podcast. Yes. <gasps> oh my God, I really should have her on. That would be yes! so fun. Yes, yeah, definitely do I'd that. I'd love to hear that. She's very fun. Yeah, I bet she is. Get her on. <laughs> so can we talk about the concept behind the Oops, I Did It Again video? Because it's kind of like <laughs> they found Britney on, a, on, a, on Mars. Yeah. Sort of. But she's also... Yeah. And then one of the astronauts falls in love with her obviously because he's got eyes and then <laughs> but somehow there's the titanic reference it's 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 chaotic chaotic is the word yeah it really makes almost no sense but at the time i just remember being like well this is brilliant yeah like yeah. you know like <laughs> yeah it's so it, yeah it's really just an excuse to have like i mean whoever was working on that marketing team they just figured it out they were like this is going to be an iconic look it's going to be about the bodysuit it's going to be about bright red yeah like that's what it's going to be so i feel like honestly that was probably the impetus for it It was like we need to build Mm -hmm. something around the idea of like a red bodysuit a tight red leather bodysuit like absolutely it must have been like there must be something to do with the 2000s being so that's why like i feel like loads of like gen x and stuff like that when they watch stuff that we grew up with in like the early early 2000s like the 90s the 80s and stuff they get they're like oh okay you guys are into like shoulder pads sure yeah but then with the early 2000s i find like a lot of the feedback is like what the fuck like what is going on with this and it must be like there must have been because it was like the age of like marketing really came into his own or something like you said like teams were just going you know what it doesn't make a damn bit of sense but the kids are gonna love it (laughs) it was that real it's a real sweet spot for that just go for it it's so true the internet was like pretty new still so it was like we just got to get people talking i think was a big part of like the big water cooler moment thing yes and here's what i'll say for it here's my theory on the concept of oops i did it again she has already won over every single man on earth because Mm -hmm. she took over the world Yes. So so now she's on she's gotta go to a different planet and even there there's astronauts coming and she can't help herself but lead them on because she's just that gorgeous. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Take it to the till, wrap it up, I'm buying it. One hundred percent. But Tim, do you know who Jedward are? No. Okay. Oh, so, you must. So Jedward are a very strange cultural phenomenon in this country. They are Irish twins. And they went on... That's not why they're estranged. No. (laughs) I'm sure there are other twins from Ireland. Uh, They uh, went on the X Factor and they were like famous for having... Being unable to sing and having like a six inch kind of quiff thing. And they performed together and they got on the show and everyone was like, oh, fuck, why why are Jedward still on it? And they performed Oops, I Did It Again in matching red leather jumpsuits. And they actually acted out the whole song, including the... But I thought the old lady threw it in the ocean at the end, but to each other in this very odd... Sexually... Incestuous, <laughs> homoerotic moment. So It was like, charged. It was charged. It was charged. It was intense. Uh, I'm surprised that didn't uh, translate across the pond. I'd have thought this would have been a cultural moment for you guys but as well. But where are Jedward now? Well, Jedward now are the leaders of the resistance. Jedward are 
have turned it around. They were universally reviled when, when they were famous. Now that then they're not so famous, they're social justice warriors well, on that, Twitter. And also, they're also in lockdown with Tara Reid. Oh yeah, they're in lockdown with Tara Reid. That's the whole thing. What? <laughs> no one knows why. <laughs> no one knows why. What? It became apparent about two months into lockdown that Jedward were locked down with Tara Reid and no one knows why. <laughs> okay, that is deeply shocking. And speaking of... To in the insanity of the early 2000s. Yes, <laughs> Tara Reid. Tara Reid, I mean, what a, what a moment that was. What <sighs> a moment, yeah. There was also speculation because Tara Reid, I believe, is with child that potentially one or other of the Jedwoods might be the father. Or both. Or both. Or neither or both. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Okay, wow. So a little Jedward digression there. Um, so the other great songs off that second album... Stronger, obviously. The Satisfaction Incredible. cover. Lucky. Oh. Yeah, all so lucky. good. Don't so let me be the good. last to know. Oh. The sexiest music video of all time. Incredible. So goddamn mm-hmm. sexy. So languid. Oh. The kind of, the, the lighting, the weird, almost reggae-ish tempo. Uh, truly, truly weird <laughs> reggae tempo. Yeah. Dear Diary, even. I love oh, that you song. Live, live. That's the album with the the voicemail, right? Yes. There's a lot of... A lot of talking. There's a lot of talking all the time. It's like the Sister Sister's second. <laughs> love it. Felt like I was like hanging out with her. I was like, this is re- this is her real personality. <laughs> Do you think she, she'd been listening to Rent too much? And she was like, yeah, the bit that I've taken away <laughs> is the voicemails. <laughs> I hope that's exactly what the, what, what the idea was behind the album. <laughs> Incredible. And then, we, of course, we get the second VMA performance the, with the with the strip, essentially, when she does Satisfaction and then she pulls away her clothing. Mm-hmm. Iconic. She just can't stop it. Very, very iconic. I'm going to say something controversial. This one isn't my favorite. I think I loved the beginning when she was singing live. I thought I was like, look, she's singing live. Come through. Yeah. And then she very clearly, like when she has to dance a ton, like moves on to lip syncing. But it always bothered me that you could see the nude bodysuit underneath. That's like drag 101. Like Mm -hmm. the reveal was ruined, which is a bummer. It's definitely sexy. It's definitely fun. But it was when she's just like on her knees, like, like spinning around in the front of the stage. It was like, hmm, this isn't... It was felt a little disappointing to me after the year before, which was like everything to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely moving towards the more sexual angle. Yeah. Initiating, yeah, we're heading towards the third album. But shall we check in on Britney's relationship with the Scourge of the Divas, Justin Timberlake? Ugh. Oi. Did you believe in the love of the prince and princess of pop? I did time? not. I did not. I think never bought it. Never bought in. I mean, I guess I guess I could see them maybe like actually being attracted to each other and have feelings for each other. But I, at the time, yeah, I was like, they're definitely dating, and this sucks for me because I'm in love with her. But <laughs> but I think now that I know what I know and like living in LA and knowing how many publicists work to like make a relationship happen. I never believe any of it when celebrities are together. I always think it's like, uh, you know, marketing teams making things happen. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, okay. So if let's, if it was publicists, 
Who's responsible for the double denim? Because... <laughs> they should be shot. Or given a raise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're still talking about it 20-some years later. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, th- that was definitely not them. That was a publicist being like, let's dress you guys the same. Uh, I have no idea. I hate him so much. He's such a tool <laughs> I hate him so much. <laughs> so I, visceral I honestly I, I loathe him I don't like him at all the yeah. eye roll listeners that you would you, you could have seen <laughs> when as soon as you mentioned his damn name <laughs> Tim basically going to stop himself from spitting on the ground ew remember <laughs> <laughs> uh. their nicknames for each other no oh it's hideous pinky and stinky that should be illegal I forgot that that's really <laughs> yeah you'd repress that <laughs> disturbing that's really disturbing his ramen um, hair and then these awful ramen hair <laughs> and then the fact that the 2001 super bowl is the only time we've had britney at the super bowl and it's ruined by him and fucking aerosmith i'm not i know i don't know. <sighs> i'm not letting and steven tyler's not gonna ruin this for me like he's not Let's just leave him to one side. Okay. Aerosmith, do what they do. It's fine. He's like prancing around, but like a bit of old cured meat. <laughs> he does like Biltong. <laughs> like Biltong. Biltong and leather chaps. Listen, that was also like the Armageddon era, which was very yes. right. again. Yes. Sure. Aerosmith, you know, don't want to miss a thing. Like that, there was some weird sort of thing going on with the millennium. You know what? I wonder if it was a bit Y2K inspired. Yes. Really Let's good. go to the moon because the world might explode. Like that was kind of, people loved like that kind of big space sort of vi- like vibe. Because computers don't understand calendars. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, there was a major space moment. You're right, Y2K. Yeah. Oh, and then they did, um, there was Deep Impact came out at the same time as Armageddon. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Two asteroid films at the same time. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Wild. Ugh. Well. So the third album, Britney, it's 20 years old. Uh, a piece of information which is sick and homophobic, quite frankly. How, <laughs> how is that 20 years old, that album? Oh. Uh, I- <sighs> the lead single, written by Pharrell Williams and Chad Hugo of the Neptunes, I'm a Slave for You. <sighs> for you? For you. Very Prince. Channeling Prince, probably. Yeah, almost certainly. Uh, now, let's think about, obviously we're going to talk about the VMA performance. It's iconic uh it is complete with an enormous albino burmese snake called uh, called banana sure who is apparently <laughs> as far as like my research goes still going strong banana is still <gasps> oh, still good. with us even yeah. bigger um it's obviously one of the undisputed highlights of her career uh and just one of the greatest live performances of all time i would say i mean you mentioned the other day tim that your mum felt felt uncomfortable with it at the time yeah because of the, the kind of like being a slave enslaved to a guy. And I think, I don't know if that is what the song's about, really. I think it is about being a slave to the music. I think you're right. But watching it again, the, the it is a bit problematic, that performance. Some yeah. of the, like, uh, the taste level is a little bit Carol Baskin, <laughs> potentially, but also just, it, there's, the tribal stuff is a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. No, it doesn't quite hold up. It no. doesn't quite, but her performance is absolutely astonishing. I mean, it's so sickening that she was like, put this fucking snake on me. Like, yeah. what? 
<laughs> she does not one, not two, but three twirls with it as well. Like it's ah. just, it's incredible. Eat and, your heart out, Stevie Nicks. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, you know, I think that Pharrell Williams as well is uh, as an artist is somebody that collaborate, like his collaboration with her felt really organic and didn't feel like she was appropriating anything really. I feel like it was, she, she grew up on Janet's music. She yeah. sounds a bit like Janet in there. It's a Janet-esque performance. I, I think it's a kind of celebration. I don't think it's, I don't think it's, a, it. the problematic stuff I think is us looking at it from a lens that is not, was not intended at the time. I think you're so right. And I think a big part of it was like, do you ever see the movie Wayne's World? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like a that hot scene in Wayne's World where she's got a snake on her and she's like filming a music yes. video and she's like, this is so dumb. Like, what am I doing? But it was so sexy. I feel like it, yes. that's what the real inspiration was. Was like, yeah. let's put this snake on her and it's going to be hot and weird and it's going to, again, be a water cooler moment. Yes. About. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but the album signaled a move towards a more adult image and sound, something that Britney had been pushing for since the debut. Uh, This era saw Britney signing an $8 million deal with Pepsi and embarking on the technically ambitious smash hit Dream Within a Dream Tour. It also saw Britney making her film debut in 2002's Crossroads. (laughs) Best movie ever made by humans. (laughs) 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 Would you say it's uh, top five things done by humans altogether? 100%. Yeah, best best thing, yeah, period, made by humans. (laughs) It, I saw this movie in theaters. I laughed. I cried. I was blown away. To learn later in life that it's written by Shonda Rhimes is so insane. Right. Amazing. <laughs> it, feel, it feels so good. It feels like homecoming. Yeah. It really, it really does. And so the, these kind of like, you know, corny pop star movies were coming out have come out always there's always been like let's make a movie for a pop star and just make a buttload of money those three women they work Brittany still in the zeitgeist obviously Taryn Killam like Orange is the New Black killing it fantastic Zoe Saldana major major movie star great cast great movie Kim we were never friends control I mean, that's the real gag of the season. That she was, she's like, no, I won't do Sex in the City three, but she was all about doing the movie Crossroads. Yeah, she get said, up in that gig. That's this is acting, Mama. She'd hundred percent stand by that as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is acting. Love oh that. God, Love we that. are owed Crossroads the musical. Oh, oh, can you imagine? <gasps> do, oh. I, did I tell you? Have I talked last time about um, Once Upon a One More Time? The Britney musical? Oh, oh yes, yes, you did. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how we got on to Anne Juliet. Yes. Oh, my God. It. I think it's going to be a real gagatrandra. I think it's going to be really good and fun. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm so excited. So the film has 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, but actually... Disgusting. It's wrong. At the time, I think... I seem to remember it was quite well received. <laughs> it is wrong. It's, it's, it's wrong. Again, it's homophobia. Uh, yeah. she's, br- she's brilliant. She's brilliant in that film. She is a phenomenal actress and people do not, I mean, you know, she, she just drops in. She's very herself. She's so good on the SNL performances. Yes. She's a great performer. Yes, absolutely. Oh, but okay. We're about to get to the bad bit. Mm -hmm. Because despite continued chart dominance, 2002 is devastating the way we can probably chart the beginning of Britney's journey towards uh, the breakdown. So in March 2002, Britney and Justin broke up, allegedly because she cheated on him with choreographer and friend Wade Robson. 
I mean, she did, but <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, that doesn't mean she deserved a breakdown. But we're just calling it. Yeah, it it, she did, and it doesn't mean that Justin Timberlake still gets to be a little bitch about it. Right, she, like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Shut Ugh. the fuck up. Also, were you ever really in love? Was this a publicity stunt too? Hard to say. Yeah, exactly. And like, I get. I didn't realize. Did Did you know that Wade Robinson is? Did you rem? Did you know that he's one of the Michael Jackson victims? Oh yes, I watched that documentary. What? Yeah. He's one of the main people that came forward. He's like interviewed in the documentary yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. It's insane. And I, and I had these two figures in my mind hadn't come together. I was like, oh my yeah. God, Isn't that crazy? that's absolutely insane. It's really wild because he's unbelievably talented. And like the, the choreo he brought for Britney was so like... Just absolutely incredible. Also, yeah. great, great chapter about him in Jessica Simpson's book because he also choreographed the um, her like big comeback album video, and he like apparently he's like a very nice guy and like really a good egg. And you know, I could understand Britney like working with him all the time, falling in love and wanting to hook it up. Yeah, I, I'm. She's uh, been on a treadmill literally, like since of, of career wise since you know 1999 she's on tour all the time she's coming into her kind of sexual power she's the best looking person on the planet she's dating a monster she's dating a monster she's she's being subjected to a monster if justin timberlake were my boyfriend i'd cheat yeah (laughs) absolutely Ugh. 100 percent so the Diane Sawyer interview in 2003 is where the governor of Maryland's wife, uh, she could, like, if you, you've watched it recently, it's so oh, yes. grim. Yeah, it's and she's like... really grim. Uh, so grim. And she conf- she's like, so Brittany, the governor of Maryland's uh, wife said that she would shoot you if she had the opportunity. It's horrendous. Haranguing her about the breakup and her virginity. It's just so inappropriate. Brittany handles herself so well in that interview and yeah, Diana's being a real butthole. She's just like saying some really awkward, uncomfortable things for clicks and views and talk about like losing your integrity and your moral compass. Like I'm, I'm just like can't believe, refuse to believe that she believes most of that stuff, that it was appropriate to ask her that stuff. And Brittany handles it so well and she's like, when Diane Sawyer was like, these, so accusatory. Like, these young girls mm. are watching you. What do you think they're thinking? And she's like, are they my responsibility? No. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I don't think it's fair to put that kind of pressure on me. If their parents don't want them watching it, they should turn off the TV. I said, work, Brittany. Yes, Brittany. She's apologized, hasn't she? Very recently. Uh, yeah, she's been, well, yeah, because people were like, the, this, we've got the receipts here. Dragging her for film. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, and she was like a journalist at that point like a, and a TV journalist at like a point when journalism really was starting to morph into this terrifying thing mm-hmm. like with the rise of I mean they point Very. it out in the documentary but like Pres Hilton and all that sort of the way that it like you were saying about clicks it's like that was only really just beginning to be a thing so feels a lot like she was running to catch up yeah it th- yeah it felt exactly like that yeah Ugh. Gr- yeah gross uh speaking of receipts so barbara walter's interview is in 2003 for with justin so justified is released in november 2002 the lyrics to horrible woman i'm just going to present to the prosecution here so you had your chance to be my lover i guess you needed something more undercover and you know that ain't cool so let's skip the drama call your mama and tell her she better just come get you because frankly baby you ain't with the gas in my bmw 
I thought our love was so strong, I guess I was dead wrong. But to look at it positively, hey girl, at least you gave me another song about a horrible woman. What a douche. What a douche. (laughs) That album features Crimea River and Horrible Woman. Like, get over it. And, as you pointed out the other day, the album is called Justified. It's so, (sighs) it's so incel-y, isn't it? It's got a really, like, me-me-me-me-me vibe, isn't it? Also, I'm just going to point it out, Horrible Woman definitely has a crossover with Nasty Woman. Yeah, it does. It's sure. Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. It really does. Thereby linking Trump with Timberlake. Yeah. Also, like, I just love the idea of this, like, insanely rich, like, totally has the world at his feet, talented person being like, let me make this all about shitting on somebody else. Like, I'm I'm such a victim in this scenario. Meanwhile, you read Jessica Simpson's book and she's like, when we were tweens, he made me feel like absolute shit about myself when I was trying to audition for the Mickey Mouse Club and then later in life made a whole joke about uh, wanting to hook up with me and like completely just sexualizing me. He's a fucking asshole and he doesn't, he couldn't handle a woman having the same kind of like swagger that he was trying to put out into the world. Yes, exactly. Ugh. Which the best, the closest he could get was rhyming drama with mama. Yeah, right. Yeah, give give me a break. So this the horrible year continues. In June t- 2002, Britney opened her ill-fated restaurant Nyla out of the Dillon Hotel in Manhattan. Now, okay, I think it's a really good idea. It's, orig- it's originally conceived as like New York, Louisiana. Lovely fusion of Britney's upbringing. I, I would go to that restaurant. That sounds delicious to me. Mainly because you love New York and... I mean, it sounds great, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They serve Cajun food. Brilliant. I'm there for it. Unfortunately, they made the inexplicable decision to make it an Italian restaurant. I... <laughs> <laughs> that's a management decision Britney's not done that (laughs) I know and apparently like opening night started with a rainstorm and then was followed by like a a flood of money so it's like I don't know who was in charge of Nyla not Britney somebody told her this was a good idea and then the wheels fell off but bless her Bless her for trying. Bless her for trying. Closed in a year. I'd have gone. I'd have been there every night. I'd have gone for (laughs) sure. Yes. Why didn't people go? (laughs) Like She's the biggest star in the world. Why didn't people go to her restaurant? I don't get it. Yeah, that's bizarre. I don't know. (sighs) Ew. Must be some marketing. I'll be honest. I've never heard of that. (laughs) I've never heard of that either. I've never heard of that. Yeah. It didn't last long. No. No. They've uh, suppressed it. <laughs> so in July 2002, Britney announced that she was taking a six-month career break. And NSYNC were also on their still-ongoing temporary hiatus. And in November, Justin released incel anthem, Crimea River. Disgraceful. I hate that song. It's so <laughs> bad. I never liked it even when it came out. I remember thinking, this sounds like elevator music. Like something that yeah. plays in the background. Oh my God, it does sound like elevator. It does. Like, yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't have like a driving beat. It's like, it's kind of like what the pop songs are now, like acupuncture music. It's like, <laughs> makes you feel a little like chill. It makes me feel chill. Give me pop, honey. Dirty pop was a was an absolute bop. I have to give him that. I didn't think that. Yeah, we'll give him that. But that, no. 
No. Anything I feel like we like about NSYNC, we can ascribe to Lance Bass. And that might be <laughs> just because we like Lance Bass, but we are allowed to do that. I I hate his music. <laughs> and I just think... I hate it. I hate it. And the video is so awful. Like, I don't. why would you air your dirty laundry anyway? Why would you do this? You just look... I don't, I, I'll never understand why the world got behind him. Because I think he looks weak and pathetic for doing it quite frankly i agree and it should have been um jc as the breakout solo star of nsync yes that's a voice mama that is a voice she's talented she can dance she's had the training she's got the vokes the only thing she doesn't have is the psycho mom i think it's the the momager is the one that that is that pushed justin yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, but in contrast to the horrifically tacky horrible woman Britney goes back in the studio and she's working with a singer-songwriter called Annette Artani, who was a backing vocalist on the tour. And together they wrote Every Time, one of my absolute faves. Great song. I live for Every Time. Such a great great song. song. Such a, a beautiful processing of the end of that relationship and her, how she felt about it, you know? Like, oh just gorgeous and a beautiful piano riff just really simple and contained gorge that video as well so good so good with with a statement behind it as well being like because i think she wanted it to be a a, um that that she dies from like paparazzi basically she wanted it to be like a princess die situation and they kind of mellowed it into her in the bath yeah but dark (sighs) say the signs are there baby at the end of the year Fred Durst of Limp Biscuit, from North Carolina but surely in spirit the epitome of Florida man said that he and Britney were a thing she denied it obviously because you 100% would yes Uh, in a 2009 interview he explained that I just guess at the time it was taboo for a guy like me to be associated with a gal like her yeah at the time man yeah that's what it was Fred (laughs) yeah it was the times you were living outside your times and so that is where we leave Britney for now. After her first semi-Annus Horribilis, that's posh for shit time, but not 2007 shit time, but still with so much more incredible music and joy ahead of us. And that brings us to plugs and hugs, my darling. Thank you for Thank taking Thank you so much off. for having me. This is so fun. You have been the greatest, the most wondrous, and I could quite honestly, anytime you want to come back and do do more chatting about Britney. Uh, we, we don't even need I'd to love. record it. <laughs> we don't, genuinely don't need to record it. We'll just phone chat. Exactly. Uh, where can the people find you, my love? You can find me at teammurray06 on all platforms. And you can listen to or watch Slumber Party Podcast on YouTube or iHeartRadio Broadway Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. Yes. You absolutely must. You have to. It's the best. Yeah, if you don't listen to it, we can't hang out anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much, darling. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Big Deep Energy. If you did and you want to reach out and have a chat, share your BDE stories with us, maybe even your own Britney-related stories, or just tell us which diva means the most to you. You can tweet us at Diva Energy or email us at bigdivaenergypod at gmail.com or find us on Instagram or Facebook. This podcast is a Dark Matters production. If you're a slave for us, please don't forget to like and subscribe. Alternatively, if we drive you crazy... Get in the sea!